Bibles with you this morning. <clears throat> Turn with me to the book of Matthew. Book of Matthew. Chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Stand with me for the reading of the word this morning. Matthew chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 9. And the Bible says, Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I unto them in parables, because they see, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, or Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Father, for the next few moments here today, I ask you to anoint these lips of clay. Lord, just use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost this morning. Speak to our hearts and our minds. Speak to our understanding, Lord. Give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice, the voice of the Word. And give us the spiritual eyes to see this path as you roll it out before us this morning. Give us the godly wisdom to walk in that path. And we'll thank you and praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I want to talk to you this about this this morning. Listen. Did you hear that? Listen. Did you hear that? That's the title of the message. Here in this text, the Bible tells us that it's given unto some to understand. And for those who hath it shall be given, and they shall have more abundance, but to whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that he hath. The Bible says 
that there are many people that don't want to hear. The disciples were asking, Why, Lord, do you speak to them in parables? There's a reason why the Bible is written the way it is. It's not a quick fix. We live in a world today of fast food. We live in a world today of microwave. Everything done in an instant. Everything done in a moment. We live in the day and age of technology and, and, uh, and, and, and easy access to understanding and things like that. But let me tell you, we don't serve a fast food God. We don't serve a quick fix God. He is a God to be sought after. And if you're going to know this Jesus we speak of, you're going to have to stop and take time to know Him and to meet Him and to learn of Him. He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me. Jesus doesn't use microwave messages to lead you and guide you through this life. But He expects you to take time out of your life, which was given you by Him to begin with, and give honor where honor is due. And that is unto your Creator and Sustainer. The Bible, here they said, why do you speak to them in parables? There's a reason for that. He explained it. He said, because this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. The Lord didn't close their eyes. They closed their eyes. He said, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes. In other words, and I've heard people say that didn't understand the Scripture before. They said, well, I wonder what that means. You know, hear the Lord saying that, that you know, they couldn't see and they couldn't hear uh, and, and unless he would, uh, they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and he would heal them. Or they would, uh, and, and they would come to him and he would heal them. Why wouldn't he want to heal them? He does want to heal them. But they missed the part where it says, their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they have closed. They closed them so that they won't see. There are many, 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 many people I've preached to and they saw it. But they intentionally closed up. No, I don't want to. No, I'm not hearing that. I'm not hearing that because immediately they realize that that means they're going to have to stop doing what they're doing and they're going to have to start living like the Bible tells them to live, or they're not going to make it. And they don't want to think that they're not going to make it. It's like it's like putting your it's like a it's like a, a, a crappie a fish. They make crappie beds, and all these crappie beds are little sticks sticking up in the sand in the bottom of the water. And these crappie, as long as they can get their eye behind one of those sticks, they think they're hid. They believe they're hid because they can't see on the other side of it. They think nobody can see them. And that's the same way it is with us. We feel like, well, uh, you know, as long as, we, as long as we're standing behind this, we're hiding behind our unbelief or hiding behind our unknowing that we're hid from God. See, we're... We're, we're immune to that. As long as we don't hear it, then we don't have to do it. 
I've told so many people that have come into my church or come into a place where I was preaching. You know what? You're going you're, you're to leave here different than when you came. If nothing else, you're going to learn something today that you didn't know before you walked in here and therefore you leave changed. There's some other things that change along with you. And that's the requirements for your life. The more you know, the more that's expected. The Bible says to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. The Bible says to whom much is given shall the more be required. People don't want to hear that word required. Well, there's nothing required. Jesus did it all. Honey, you ain't got to do nothing. Just do whatever you want to. Life is good, and we all just going to go home with Jesus. That's not what my Bible says. Now, baby, it may be what a lot of them Bibles is flying off the bookshelves out there say, but not the one I'm reading, don't. He said... lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand. They don't want to understand. They want to believe it just like they asked and paid the guy to preach to them. They said, look, speak to us smooth, saying, prophesy not right words. That's what the Bible said. Prophesy not right words. The Bible said in the last days that people should heap to themselves, they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. In other words, People are not looking for a church to go to. They're looking for a preacher to hire to bring in. The preacher works for them. That's the way churches operate now. The preacher don't work for God in most of these churches. The preacher works for that congregation. And if he starts preaching something they don't like, they fire him. And they'll just hire him another preacher. That's how it works. Honey, that ain't the word, that ain't the kingdom of God. I got news for you. That ain't God's order. I don't care how you slice it. No one in the congregation's in control of the church. The Lord God Himself's in control of the church, and He puts a pastor over that flock. You ain't gonna show me no flock of sheep that runs the shepherd. Period. End of story. I don't care how you slice it in this country, honey. This is the way God set it up. He said, he said, how shall he preach except he be sent? How shall they hear without a preacher? But you see, mankind wants to be in control. And let me tell you this clearly. Where man's in control, you got problems. I would not preach to a congregation that had control over me. End of story. Period. Because I don't work for you. I don't work for any congregation. I work for Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He's my boss. He says where to stop and where to, where to start. He says where to begin where to end. He tells me what to do and what not to do. And that's where I get my word from, is the Word of God. And I think that's exactly the reason why God brought that scenario to an end here a while back in another place because they had control over what happened. And you see what happens when man has control? 
The minute you start preaching something they don't want to hear, that means they got to do something. The minute you start making them feel guilty about the way they're living, the minute you start uh, uh, rubbing them the wrong way, it's time for you to go. And that's just not the way it is. I had somebody tell me here a while back, well, I've had to call many a preacher out of here. Well, son, if you're calling preachers, then that's the problem. There's the problem right there. You're not in authority to be calling preachers, partner. If this is God's house, He does the calling. You ain't got a dog in that hunt. End of story. That's just the way it is. God is in authority. Amen? Amen. Praise God. But people don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to be healed. These did not want to be healed. Heard had a preacher one time say, man, he had a lady, and I've told you all this, I think, before, had a lady that, uh, boy, you know, he, he was going to pray for her. She was going to get her healing. And she said, uh-uh, no, preacher, uh-uh, don't you lay hands on me. He said, What? She said, no, sir. Nope, as soon as you lay hands on me, I'll get my healing. I'll lose my check. She'd rather have her sickness and draw a check sitting on her backside than to get a healing from the Lord and strength to go on and do great things for Him. What's wrong with that scenario? That's the same exact scenario that this world walks in every day, day in and day out in this country that we live in today and across the world, really. They use Jesus to hide behind. They think they're covered. They think they're covered. But to really be hid in Jesus, you have to take on His name. You have to really get into Jesus. The Bible says, as many as have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ. So many people don't want nothing to do with that. Look at Matthew 13, 19. Look at verse 19. He was telling them a parable. He says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. He said, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Understand, church, as I've said many times before, it ain't what you preach, it's not how many you preach to, it's how many you get to. It's not how many you preach to in numbers, but it's the understanding of the Word of God that's, that's the power. It's not how much you, how much you uh, 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 physically hear, it's how much you spiritually hear. There is a voice in the Word of God. There's a voice. You have to have the Holy Ghost to really hear the Word of God. The Holy Ghost, it's almost as if the Holy Ghost travels in a specific frequency and moves in a specific frequency. 
Have you ever just been in a service? I know you have because you have in this church. And it just seemed like, man, you, 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 man, you had a little of this, you had a little of that, you had a little of this, a little of that, a little of this, a little of that. And, but all of a sudden, along come the right frequency. And the Holy Ghost begins. When we all get in one mind and one accord, when you got this one at one frequency, this one at another frequency, this one over here at another frequency, you got, you got a mixed message. But it's like we all just kind of balancing out as things go on. And the Lord just seems to get us all in that right place. We all begin to focus on what's going on. We all get in the moment. And when you get in that moment and you become in one mind and one accord in one place, you move to that frequency. And when you get on that plane, that's when the Holy Ghost can move. And that's when the Holy Ghost starts to break out. That's when you start really getting the move of God in the house of the Lord. Amen? Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's like the Lord moves. The Holy Ghost moves in that plane, in that frequency. It's a very narrow place. You know, this is a natural fact. Whales can send a signal, a certain sound. They go down to a certain level in the ocean. They know exactly where it's at, instinctively. There is a section of water in that ocean at a certain depth. They can make a sound, and all the way around the world, a ship can have a sonar down at that exact depth, and that sound comes through just as loud there as the whale made it all the way across the world. It travels all the way across. In that particular level, that frequency travels without hindrance. That. That's the way Jesus talks to His people. He shows us even in those little, in those little things that are the natural, He shows us how the kingdom of God works. They can communicate to one another at a certain level, in a certain frequency. Can't nothing else communicate. It ain't going to happen up here. It ain't going to happen down here. It's got to be on the right spot. That's how the Holy Ghost moves. In church, if you ain't, if you don't speak well, and you ain't at the right depth, you don't get the message. You see that? I see y'all probably looking up here saying, well, he must be a whale. Look how big he is. got the Holy Ghost, you can hear the voice, the voice in the Word, the voice in the Word of God. The Bible says the voice of the Word. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. This word has a voice. It doesn't speak to the carnal mind. The surface pages, just a little stuff on the surface can speak to the carnal mind, but the true riches, the true riches are buried in that word. You ain't going to find that skimming. You can't skim the Bible and find where I go. You'll never see me. As I'm walking through the Word of God, you'll never see me trying to skim through it. You'll never find me. I'm beneath the pages. I'm down in there. I take. I put my Holy Ghost scuba diving gear when I go into the Word of God. Praise the Lord. He takes me in. Praise God. And you know what? They say the more you scuba dive, the more you do that, the deeper you can go. Because you begin to you begin to start, uh, 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 what do they call it, uh, you begin to uh, get your lungs and you really begin to get your uh, bearings and you, you start getting a better stamina and all that kind of stuff. And you know what? It seems like the more I go into the Word of God, the deeper He takes me. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's no bottom to it, church. The depth, you'll never see the depth of this Word, this side of heaven. I don't know if you'll ever see it. It's deep. It's wide. It's high. It's far. It's deep. And I tell you, don't man, if you change one jot or tittle, you change one thing in this world, you are putting God in a box and you are you are just destroying what God's trying to do in this world. That's right. Mm-mm. You know why that is? Because you'll never see what all it takes. You 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 you've isolated Jesus. You've cut him off. You've cut him off. There's an ongoing, there's a live, it's a living word. You kill the word when you change the words in the book. You kill it. You stop it at a certain place it was not meant to stop at. It's a moving thing. He's a moving, living God. You cut his legs off. You, there, he, he can no longer move in, in that Word. When you stop the Word, when you change how He meant it to be, you've, you've stopped Him from moving. And when he, and something don't move, it's dead. The Bible says, He that hath an ear, let him hear. Look at Revelations 2 and 7. Let's go to Revelations. You're going, let's go to Revelations right quick. Look at chapter 2. Chapter 2. Verse 7 says this. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the... What? Spirit. What the Spirit saith to the who? Okay. Let me tell you something. This ain't talking about all these places around all over the world that's called churches. Did you know that they have the church of Lucifer too? No, this ain't what this... The Spirit ain't talking to that church. This Spirit ain't talking to that church. This is... When it calls the churches, churches, this is the people that are filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the Spirit can't talk to somebody that ain't got the Holy Ghost. The Spirit, the Bible says, bears witness with itself. The Bible says that they cannot understand because those things that are spiritual are spiritually discerned. How can you discern something that's spiritual if you have not the Spirit? Because these things are spiritually discerned. You've got to have the Spirit to discern them. Amen? You see what I'm talking about? You see what the Bible's talking about? He said, He that hath an ear, let him hear. Let him hear. 
He's the one that's going to hear it because other people hearing they hear not, seeing they see not. But it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. You see, it's my job as a pastor or a preacher or an evangelist, it's my job to take the ears to hear the Word of God that God has given me and it says, let him that hath an ear, let him hear. Let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. And I hear the voice in the Word of God as it speaks to me through the ears that God gave me to hear His voice. The voice of the Word. There's a voice in that Word. And I hear that voice. And it's my job to teach. He said, I must be apt to teach and to teach you and help you understand. Listen, church, I could just come in here and preach a 15-minute message and preach a surface message and, 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 and you not get a thing out of it. But my job is to help you understand what the Spirit saith to the churches and to help you decipher and really understand it so that you can get it and put it in your memory banks. It's to get the Word of God in you. Not just to hear it, but for it to find a lodging place. Remember, when you don't understand it, then the wicked one will come and steal it away from you because you did not understand it. But when you understand it, it's locked in. And he can't get it. But until you have understanding of it, until you really see it, until you really hear it, the devil can steal it. The Bible says all through. Look at 2.11. Look at verse 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit saith unto the churches, He that overcometh shall not be hurt of a second death. Down in verse 7, the rest of that said, To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Look at verse 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written which no man knoweth saving he that receiveth it. Jesus calls us by our name. Did you know that? We're going to look at that here in just a minute. People think, well, when you get up into heaven you're going to have a white stone your name be written in it and no one's going to know it but you. That's talking about here and now. He said, if you have an ear to hear he said, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. This is what the Spirit saith to the churches. It's saying it to the church. It's not saying it after we get into heaven. It's saying now. I've heard people say, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have me a white stone in the stone, my name written, a new name. No. The Lord's going to give you a white stone here. Praise God. That represents cleanliness, and He's going to give you a stone. He's going to give you a new name here. The Bible also says, that my sheep know my by my voice, and I call them by name. And, and that's a whole different thing we're fixing to look at here in just a minute. But understand this. He calls you by your name. But if you look at the times He changed people's names in the Bible, there's a significance to that. Jesus has a different name for me. It's not Travis. 
There's a different name for me. I don't know what that name is just yet. But you know what? The Bible says that no one will know it. Save he that, it, that has it. He that he gives it to. But you know what? I don't know what the name is in the English language. But I know when my father calls me by my name. I know when Jesus calls me and says, Son, and he calls me by my name. And it ain't to nobody else. It ain't to nobody else. This morning when I was in my office praying, Jesus called me by my name. He called me by that new name written in a white stone. I didn't know exactly what it was. But I knew when Daddy called me. And it was for me. It wasn't for nobody else. It wasn't for everybody. There's a reason why you have a specific name. Because when Jesus calls you out. He's talking to you and you alone, praise God. And when you've got the Holy Ghost, praise the Lord, you've got that new name, hallelujah. And He calls you by that name, praise the Lord. And it calls you out singly. There may be 10 million people named Travis. I found out not too long ago there's a bunch of them named Travis Hoffman. All over the country. But the name Jesus has for me, there's only one. And it's my name. It's my name specifically, and there's not another one like it. And when Jesus speaks to me, He calls me by that name. And it's for me only. And it's not for a thousand other people, or even two. It's for me and me alone. Because that is between me and my Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says to him that overcometh. Praise God, before you find Jesus, you're going to have to overcome. (laughs) Before I got my new name, (laughs) I had to overcome some adversities. (laughs) I had to overcome some self. I had to overcome Travis uh, till I got my new name. (laughs) I had to overcome some things, alcohol and smoking and things like that. I had to overcome some of those things. He says to him that overcometh. Well, before you can overcome something, you know what? You've got to be caught up in something. Amen? Look down there at verse 29. I've got to do some surgery on my Bible. He that overcometh and keepeth my works. Oh, what? And keepeth my works unto the end. To him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a what? Is that right? What are you trying to say? What are you saying, Lord? That's how God rules. He rules with a rod of iron. He said we should follow in His steps. That's how God rules. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the church. Look at 3.6. 3.6 says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Verse 5 says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
look at verse 13. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. On and on and on. Verse 18 says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness doth not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Mm-mm-mm. Church, he said, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the church, to the churches. We have to seek Him first. I told somebody this recently. You've got to seek Him first and His righteousness. The Bible says in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom, the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You know what? You have to seek what is right. What is righteousness? It is right-e-us-ness. Right-e-us-ness. It's rightness. You have to seek the truth. Seek what is right. Not just seek what feels good. Not just seek what sounds good. Seek what is right. And that is whatsoever God says is right. You have to seek that. First. That's first. That's first. Seek rightness first. You need to get hungry and hunger for that because the Bible says in 5 6 of Matthew, Blessed, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after rightness. Righteousness. Righteousness. Blessed are they. They are blessed that search for that. They hunger for it. They thirst for rightness. For they shall be filled. Praise God. Get Psalms 103 and 20. Turn there. Psalms 103 and 20. Okay. What does it say, Sister Gwen? 103 and 20. Yes. Bless the Lord, ye words. You see that? Unto the voice of His word. He's talking about the saints of God. Blessed are they. He called us the angels there. Angels of God. That's what we are. We're doing His bidding. But the Bible says... That it has a voice. There's a voice in this Word. There's a voice in the Word of God. We need to hear that voice. We need to listen for the voice of the Word. What's it really saying? What is the... Yeah, yeah, not what the page says. What's the Spirit saying to the church? Not what the page says. 
What's the Spirit saying? That's what the word means. What's the mean? What was he trying to say there? See, have you ever heard, you know, when you was in school, language or whatever you called it, one of them subjects that I just love dearly. I'm lying. I did not love that at all. Didn't like or didn't care much for school at all. But uh, anyway, that was one of my least favorite subjects. And but you know they would always want you to say, now what was the author really trying to say? Well, I think he was really trying to say. This is going to be so daggum boring. Just go to sleep now and save yourself. Skip school today so you don't have to listen to this nonsense that you'll never use anyway. That's what I hear. That's what I heard. But you know what? I had that selective hearing like a lot of people do. I didn't want to hear all that. I didn't ask to hear all that. And it was forced on me. I didn't want nothing to do with it. Well, that's the way it is with a lot of people in the kingdom of God today. But the question really is, what is the Spirit saying to the church? That's what the Word of God's all about. What is the Spirit saying to the church? We are the church. What is the Spirit, what's the voice of the Word saying to God's people? This is a message. This Word is a never-ending message to God's people. And they are the ones that are designed to hear it. There's this thing called the Holy Ghost. You know what they have now? we got a new TV, and I didn't get the 3D because I didn't want to have to walk around wearing a bunch of 3D glasses to see it. But you can see these new TVs in three-dimensional where it looks like they just reach right out and grab you out of the TV. It's just a 3D. It's three-dimensional. and But you've got to wear a specific type of glasses to see it. But you know what? The message is similar in the kingdom of God because uh, without the Holy Ghost glasses, you can't see the Word of God. You ever seen how they had those little decoder things and, and you know, you can't see it unless you put something on or you put your little glasses on and you can see a hidden secret or, or you know, you put this uh, certain type of thing on and you can really read the code. Or, see, there's a code to it. There's a message in this Word and without the Holy Ghost, you can't see it. It takes the Holy Ghost to see it. It's your secret decoder thing. <laughs> Amen. The voice has a word in it. Look at John chapter 10. John chapter 10. This is going to be one of the examples of this. John chapter 10 verse 27 says this. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. He said my sheep hear my voice. You know what? His sheep can hear the voice of the word. His sheep can hear the voice of the Word. But now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how some of this works. You remember how I always specify this. The Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly 
This is one of the biggest keys in all of the Word of God. Rightly dividing the Word of truth. In other words, it's saying understanding it, reading it, keeping it in proper context, and putting A before B and C at the end, crossing every T, dotting every I, not getting it out of context, but taking it through the revelation of the Holy Ghost and preaching it in its purest form. No watered-down version, no weakening at all. Let's begin in verse 1 of chapter 10. Verily, verily, in other words, he is stressing this, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Now, the Bible says there, The Bible said he that entereth in by the door or entereth not in by the door in the sheepfold but climbeth up another way the same as the thief and robber. Well, the Bible said that he's the way. Isn't that right? What's the door? said if if somebody's entered in that entereth not in by the door to the sheepfold. In other words, you can't enter into the sheepfold but by the door to the sheepfold. What's the door to the sheepfold? What is the door? we got to know where the door of the sheepfold is because it says that's the only way you can enter into the true sheepfold is through the door to the sheepfold. What's the door of the sheepfold? Let's go right down and look and see. Let's go right down and look and see. The Bible says... I am the door. Ha <laughs> uh oh. But if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Now, let me say something. Listen, he's talking about his name here. He said, I am the door. There's only one way to be in Christ, and that's entering the name. You've got to enter in by the name of Jesus. He said, I am the door. And he said, if any man, this is what he says, if any man enter in, Enter in. He's talking about entering into Jesus. How do you enter into Jesus? He said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. How do you enter into him? In the name of Jesus. In his name. That's how you enter in. It's his name. Now, let's go on back up there now. He said he is the door. Okay, so he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold. That's how you enter into the sheepfold in his name. The Bible says as many as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You're baptized into Christ. You're baptized into His name. But he, okay, going down there, the verse 4. Now listen to what it says here. And when He putteth forth His own, putteth forth his own sheep, He goeth before them. Ooh, I love this. 
and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Let me tell you what the King James Bible is. This is my father's voice right here. I can hear any other Bible. I can hear somebody call out a scripture in the middle of 50 million people. And I can tell you instantaneously whether it's the King James Version or not. It doesn't matter if there's a thee or a thou or whatever there is in it. I can hear the voice in my father's word and it's not my father's voice. I'm telling you that's something that that I never really considered until the Lord really started anointing me in the ministry and really started dealing with me. And I can tell you, it don't take me one second to figure out whether somebody's coming out of something else because my Father's voice is not in that. It's just something about it. It's just something about it. And it changes so much. The thing is... They're trying to climb up another way. They don't want to hear the Word. They don't want to take the time and learn. They don't want to sit under a pastor that will teach them. They don't want to study the Bible. They don't want to read and pray and fast. They don't want to do that. They would rather go down to the bookstore and buy a Bible for dummies. But that's written by dummies. All that's going to do is just make more dummies. Lord knows we ain't got enough dummies in the world. We need some more, don't we? Church, you've lost the power when you have no understanding. The Bible says that the wicked one can come and steal it if you have not the understanding. You're losing the depth of the Word, and the depth is where the power lies. You know, you can take a gun that's loaded and use it as a billy club, and you can knock somebody out with it, but you're going to have to be mighty close to do it. But you can take that thing and really get to the power of it that's way down deep inside of it in them shells, and you can shoot somebody a long way off with it and kill something a whole lot bigger and stronger with what's inside it. Let's go further. The Bible says in verse 4, When he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. The Bible says in Isaiah 45 and 2, let's look at that. Keep your place there. Let me turn there right quick. 45 and 2 says this, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of, iron, the gates of brass and cut in of the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. Praise God. You see that? And look at what he says here. He says, When he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him. For they know His voice. I know my Father's voice. And a stranger will they not follow. You see that? But will flee from Him, for they know not the voice of strangers. I don't want to know the voice of strangers, church. I just want to know the voice of my King. Because He's the one that leads me to green pastures. 
He's the one that leads me through the valleys, but He's carrying me somewhere. He may take me through some valleys, but He's taking me to a place. He's not taking me to the valley. He's taking me through the valley. But where I'm headed, honey, is some green pastures forevermore, praise God. Where I'm headed ain't no valley. Where I'm headed to, praise God, is the mark. Where I'm headed, praise God, the real deal, hallelujah, it's just a few valleys between here and there. But I'm going through, praise God. I'm going to make it to the plateau, hallelujah. Woo! Then said Jesus unto them, Verily I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pastors. But the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he said, I am come that they might have life that they might have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Here's the difference, church. But he that is in hireling and not the shepherd. Here's those pastors and preachers I'm talking about that work for the congregation, that's working for a Maserati, that's working for a bigger house and bigger cars. Here's the one that's working for the money, that's after the money, after the big biscuit. He that is in hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth them. The sheep, the hireling, fleeth because he's in hireling. It's a job. Honey, this ain't no job. This is an adventure. <laughs> I tell you right now. He's in hireling and he careth not for the sheep. But I'm the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. Oh. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know what? We're supposed to hear the voice of the Word. Isn't that right? Isn't that what the Bible tells us? We need to hear the voice of the Word. Yes. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And it's so hard for people to understand how that they are one and the same. But this is the flesh talking to the Spirit and the Spirit talking to the flesh. He's speaking to them in parables. And that's what He said. How speaking to them in parables? He said because it's given to them to understand. Even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. But He said in another place, I and my Father are one. And he said here, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also must I bring, or I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Here it's talking. Here the flesh of Jesus was talking about was talking about above that is the, where he's talking about to, he's the door. He's the door. Jesus was the faithful one. Jesus was the flesh. 
The, the Lord God Himself made manifest in the flesh. He became flesh. He robed Himself in flesh. And He dwelt among us. He was born of a woman because that's where it all began. Jesus went back to where it began, where man fell, and He corrected it. He made it right. He made what they failed in. He made it right. Jesus Himself speaking from the flesh said, I know my Father. My Father knows me. He, they were one, but yet... He still was speaking to the people and helping them to understand that you had to come through His name. That's what Jesus was always talking about when He said they must come through Me. It wasn't to, it, He was, that was the flesh side saying, it's got to be through My name. I am the way to the Spirit. You cannot find the Spirit because of My faithfulness, because of My unwavering uh, walk through this life. I showed you I was a blameless sacrifice, a sinless sacrifice. I went to the cross... Because of that, my name represents what I did. And you must come through that door. You must come through that name. That, is, that represents all that I did. When he says you must come through me, when he says I am the door, his name is the door. That name was given to him. He said it was a, it was a name given to him that was above every name. That's what it's talking about. When he said, you must come through me, there was an honor for that man, that the man Jesus that gave himself willingly. Woo, my mother, yeah. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost. It was the fact that Jesus laid down his life, moving in the Spirit, yet that flesh side, which was his mother, he would come from the flesh side as well, was battling him, saying, I'm hungry. But he said, no, I will not eat the flesh. Battled the spirit. The spirit warred against the flesh. But he did it right. And because he did, and because his name was Jesus, it became the absolute declaration. You must come through that name. You must present your badge. You must present. You ever been part of an organization where you had to have a, a pass or a badge to get in the building? Why, well, just ain't anybody can walk into certain places of the Houston Chronicle, honey. you got to have a badge that says you belong there. And before you're going to get that badge, you're going to go through their training. You're going to go through their approval process. You're going to go through their scrutinizing. You're going to go through their screening. And when they say that you are worthy, that you are uh, uh, able to carry that badge, they're going to know you're able to do it. And before you get into that place where it ain't nobody else going to go that's not been through all that, you're going to have to show your ID. And it's going to have to have your name and it's going to have to have Houston Chronicle on it. It's the same with the kingdom of God, church. The Bible says, that, listen, if you ain't got that badge, if you ain't got the exact badge that you're supposed to have, then you're a thief and a robber. It means you stole it, you made it, but it didn't come from the right sources. But that's the same with the Word of God. He says any man trying to climb up any other kind of way, that spokes of the wheel theory is out the window, church. 
says, well, we, we all just go into the same place. We just go in different directions. No, honey, if you go in a different direction than I'm headed, you're heading the wrong place. Because I know where I'm headed, right? I know where I'm headed, home. I know where I'm headed, praise God. It's right because it says it in this Word, hallelujah. And if you're going somewhere other than where I'm headed, you're going in the wrong direction. He said, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. He said, there is one way. He said, I am the way. They know multiple ways. There's one way. Praise God. Jesus said, this is the flesh speaking, as the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. The flesh side of Jesus, which was also from his mama, said, I know the Spirit. I know the Father. I know the Father. He knoweth me. Because that, oh, make no mistake. Make no mistake. The flesh side of Jesus was all flesh. And the Spirit side of him was God. He was God, absolutely God, manifest in the flesh. But He did it in such a way that the flesh was not going to automatically be subject to the Spirit. It still had to battle it. It had to be made right. Jesus had to willingly do it. God did not force Him to go to that cross. He could have called out on that cross. But He didn't do it. It had to be that way. It had to be that way. The flesh was crucified. But the Spirit, the Spirit, praise God, lives on. Hallelujah. He's alive forevermore. And because of that, because of that faithfulness of that flesh, because that flesh did not waver, because that flesh did not give in to the fleshly desires as Adam and Eve did, but it stayed true to the calling of the Spirit. Because of that... That name is why everything must come through that name because it's worthy. Because the name's worthy. Because it represents what it did, praise God. And if you're coming to me, you're going to come through that worthy name right there. That name's above every name. Every knee's going to bow to that. God said, you know what, my son, he said, my son, the flesh side of that from his mama, my son was faithful. He could have given up any time, but he was faithful. Unlike you people, he was faithful. And so if you're coming to the Spirit, you're going to come through that name which represents his faithfulness. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can clap. We're in a Pentecostal church. Hallelujah. God's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. That's why the name's so important. That's why that name's so powerful. Because it's faithful. Praise God. He was faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. The voice of the Word, church, is what we're listening for. We need to hear the voice of the Word. Praise God. You know what? The Bible says in Isaiah 58, 58 and 1, Lift up thy voice. Like a trumpet. Like a trumpet. I want you to look at something here. Look at 1 Corinthians 14. Look at 1 Corinthians 14. First Corinthians 14. 
Verse 8. No, let's go on up further. No. Chapter 14. Look at verse 7. And even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall you know it be? How shall it be known? What is piped or harp? Listen to this carefully. Listen to this carefully when I tell you about the voice and the word of God, church. Listen carefully as we're talking about the word of God this morning with a voice in the word. For if the trumpet give not an uncertain, or if give an un, if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? The trumpet was sounded. For battle. But if it gave an uncertain sound, how would you even know it was a trumpet? Therefore, how would you know to be ready? When you blew the trumpet, something was fixing to happen. People started scrambling to get ready. A battle's fixing to take place. Man, there's the sounding of the trumpet. That means get ready. You know what? There's a whole lot of people ain't going to hear the sound of the trumpet. There's a whole lot of people ain't going to hear that sound. Because their ears ain't going to be tuned to that frequency. I want my ears to be tuned to it. I want my ears to be sensitive for that sound of the trumpet. I'm here. I'm listening for it. Praise God. I want to hear it when it goes off. Hallelujah. Listen to what it says. So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak unto the air. See how the Word of God, it was talking about speaking in tongues above that. But you see how this also applies here? But it wouldn't if you change the Word. If you change the wording, it could not apply here. But yet it does because the Word is unchanged. And it also is speaking to this message today, which is not about speaking in tongues, but it's about hearing the voice of the Word of God. And I want to declare to you today that the Word here is saying that, uh, listen, uh, if... Ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood. Church, that's what my job is as a preacher and an evangelist and a pastor is to preach the Word of God in a way that you can clearly understand it and help you to see in the Word of God what it means and how it means that. And you know what? The more you begin to learn in the King James Bible, the more you begin to learn in the Word of Truth, the more you'll start to read and speak in Bible. You start to understand it. There's a formula. It's called the Holy Ghost. Once you got the formula, you can read it. Once you got the formula, you can understand it. There's a certain sound in the Word of God. To me, it is the sound of the trumpet. What was the trumpet? The trumpet was a, prepare, a preparation for battle. What happens at the last day? Battle. People say, oh, the sound of the trumpet, and it's a rapture. That trumpet sound ain't calling them home, buddy. That trumpet sound is a sound of battle because he's coming to do battle. You see that? That ain't, just, that ain't a calling for home. 
That sound of the trumpet is war. That sound of the trumpet is, it's time, I'm here. That sound is for the battle that's going to take place. And he's going to come, and buddy, it's going to be a battle like never was before. I guarantee you, he's going to mop the floor. He ain't coming back all happy and fuzzy and warm. He's coming back, and it's going to be payday. But we're going to be raptured at that same time. That's the good part. That's the good part. But nevertheless, the sound of the trumpet is not a calling for home. It's a call for war. And the Bible says, let me tell you, Here's another place that the Bible tells you what the message of God is. Isaiah 58 and 1 says this. Cry aloud. Spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and tell my people. Turn there with me. I want you to put your eyes on it. When everybody's out there hollering sweet message, speak softly in my ear, he said, cry aloud, 58.1, and spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. He said, lift up your voice like a trumpet, spare not. You tell them it's almost battle time. They better wake up. You better lift it up like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions. You better tell them, you better sound your trumpet before I have to sound mine. That's what Jesus was saying right there. He said, you better sound your voice like a trumpet. Lift up thy voice. Lift up the voice of the Word against my people like a trumpet sounds. You make sure everyone hears it because the next thing they're going to hear is a trumpet. That's my job. That's my job. You can take me all the way to heaven. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> we'll get deep in here. <laughs> Help me, Brother Bain. That was recorded. <laughs> oh, man. Praise God. I love the Lord today. I love what He has to say. There are blessings I know I've received in my life from God. Not because I praised Him on the mountaintop, but strictly because I praised Him in the storm. Strictly because I praised Him for His chastening. When's the last time you ever got down on your knees and were talking to Jesus or just talking to Jesus in your day and said, Thank you, God, for for Your chastening hand. I've prayed that many times in my life. Chastening ain't fun. But chastening says He loves you. Chastening says He's still there. Chastening says He's watching you. Chastening says you matter. Chastening says I'm going home. Chastening says I'm going to make it. 
because He loves me enough to give me a whipping and not let me go any kind of way I want to and destroy myself because He loves me that much and I have praised Him for that many times and said, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your chastening hand. Thank you that you hadn't just let me go any kind of way, live any kind of way I want to. Because you know, what do you do, church, if you cross over that threshold which is this life into the next dispensation and for that split second you weren't ready to make it? What do you do then? I praise God He loves me enough to chase me in this life that praise God when I cross over. Hallelujah. He's not preparing me for tomorrow. He's preparing me for eternity. He's not preparing me for this week. He's preparing me for home. Hallelujah. And for that, I am truly thankful. And because of that, because of that, there are blessings God has given me in my life. Hallelujah. I love the Lord. I'm so thankful this day for all He has said to me. Listen. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? It's where the power is. It's hearing what the Spirit is really trying to say. That's it. Stand with me today.